Hello, and welcome everyone. I am your illustrious co-host, Prince Devin, here with my talented, excellent, beautiful, best buddy in the whole wide world. That's me. I remember Autumn, she, her. Hi. And we run a podcast. The name of that podcast is Behind the Bastards, a show where every week we tell you <laughs> everything you don't know about the worst people in all of history. <laughs> yeah, um, that's us. Uh, <laughs> anyways, on Original Podcast Do Not Steal, a podcast wherein every week Amber and Autumn and I discuss at length an intellectual property, mythology, short story, idea, stupid joke we made in middle school for uh, 45 minutes, and then sort of kind of sometimes uh, make a character, who cares, maybe. But anyways, today, Amber, what are we doing? So A, short story is not a thing we've done, but I've got a couple that would actually be pretty good. B, um, we didn't know each other in middle school. We met in high school, but thank you. Uh, and C, this week, we are going to be talking about everyone's favorite intro to adventure games, Humongous Entertainment. I so thought Humongous- that was... Wait, you're telling me that's not the master level of, of adventure games? I... They tell me that there are more adventure games out there than these ones, but to be honest with you, I do not play them. Like, I've got these and, like, like the early Telltale stuff. Like... When Telltale got big, you know? I might be stupid, because some of these puzzles are fucking stumpers. In in the Humongous Entertainment games? Back when I played them the first time, they sure as shit got... I was like... <laughs> I well, was in... you were a child. <laughs> Putt-Putt never saved that zoo is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> you never beat that one? Oh, man. I did, because I'm a genius. So, as the resident genius here... Yeah, there are, so there's a few humongous entertainment franchises um, that you've probably heard of. If you haven't, I will be surprised and I want to hear from you who you are, what your childhood was like, what's going on with you. You doing okay, man? We're all worried about you. Uh, so the main like four that are, are probably the best known ones um, are Putt-Putt, which is about a little purple car named Putt-Putt, and his dog Pep, and Putt-Putt and Pep run around going on fantastical adventures. He goes to the moon, he saves the zoo, he travels through time, some other ones probably. Uh there were a bunch of there are a bunch of all of these. Then there's Freddy Fish. Freddy Fish is a fish and what's Freddy Fish's deal on gender? Is are they what I always thought I think, Freddy I Fish think Freddy was Fish a is a girl. I also think that and now I'm realizing I'm not a hundred percent sure. Fish I'm don't it up. care about gender, and neither do we. She, yes, great. So Freddy Fish is a little yellow fish with her sidekick Luther, who's a little er green fish, and they run around the world solving mysteries. Um, so Freddy Fish is like very much a genre pastiche of like spy stories. Um, there's a lot of like murder mysteries and thefts and things like that. They're all like the case of the da da There's murder mystery and theft in the in the fish one. I don't actually think that there's, like, a murder one, but there are a lot of stories that, like, take the, like, have the general contours of a murder mystery story, right? But it's like, who ate my PB and jelly sandwich? Right, it's who who ate my PB and J, right. Or, like, the, the, there's a big mon, there's a big sea monster scaring away tourists. Who, what's going on there? And then the third one is Pajama Sam. And Pajama Sam is a kid. It's just like a human 
probably human question mark child. I thought um, he was when I was a kid. I thought he was sentient toothpaste. Honestly, that's like a really good description of what he looks like. Actually, Sam is a little boy in his pajamas who's very obsessed with this superhero called Pajama Man. Hence, Pajama Sam. And Pajama Sam finds himself also in, like, fantastical, otherworldly situations that are often sort of, like, vaguely implied to be figments of his imagination, right? So, the one of these that I played the most is Pajama Sam 3, You Are What You Eat, From Your Head to Your Feet. When Sam descends into this island, which is suspiciously, like, human-shaped, learning about, like, food and stuff and solving food-based problems. Uh, and Pajama Sam is largely sort of a vague pastiche of superhero concepts, right? Um, and then you have Spy Move Fox. Move over, fuckers! We got Spy Fox! My favorite! The only one is a child I managed to beat! I love Spy Fox! I love that theme! I love his dry wit and delivery! I love his suit! I love Monkey Penny! I love Kitty Galore! Ah, that shit slapped! From these names, can you guess what Spy Fox is a pastiche of? Can you guess? Dukes of Hazard. It's James Bond, you fucking Fuck! idiot. You absolute <laughs> fool. You this dumbass. Is, this is why I could never beat Putt-Putt. I'm stupid. There are a handful of others in The Teddy Bear. Their, yeah, Fatty Bear. Um, I played one or two of the Fatty Bears. There's the Backyard Sports ones. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article, and it actually looks like there's also a handful of Blue's Clues games. And I'm kind of wondering if I played one of these, because I definitely had Blue's Clues games as a kid. Oh my god, Amber, 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 I just I just unlocked a memory. Do you know what happened to my, to my Humongous Entertainment games? I don't. Tell me. Okay, so I was a kid, and I was playing them, and I was like, these games are fun. What if I could combine them all into one super game? And I opened my grandpa's PC, and I put in all three of my oh putt putt discs, and I closed it, and I was like, I'm a genius. And <laughs> then it... <laughs> Holy shit. I'm so glad we were here to unlock this memory for you. Uh, <laughs> that's why Putt-Putt never came back from the moon or saved the zoo. <laughs> Damn, sorry, buddy. So... Something that's interesting about these, like, main four franchises, to me, is that they're all sort of, like, genre pieces, right? They're all, like, a specific character who lives in a specific genre or a send-off of that genre, kind of, like, except for Putt-Putt, right? You've got mystery stories, you've got superhero stories, you've got spy stories, and also Putt-Putt is there as well. (laughs) Which I think would probably be, like, a fun place to start. When we're building out our humongous entertainment franchise character. Yeah, we get to fart around with genre again. Watch the Kim Possible episode. Yeah, I do love when shows fart around with genre. This also would have just been our Pagemaster episode had we done that today. It's okay, we'll do the Pagemaster episode a few weeks from now. Probably. Remember the Pagemaster? Anyway. If you didn't have a point, could I talk about Pajama Sam 1 for a second? Oh, please, go for it. Okay, so Pajama Sam 1, it doesn't do what Peter Pan and the Neverland Pirates does, but it does exist in that space. The thing B-Mask and Co. have coined the purple feeling, and it's these esoteric childhood properties that sometimes on a subtextual level sometimes on a textual level deal with the 
effer not effervescent but like sort of ethereal nature of childhood and how growing up is scary and it doesn't make sense and it's crazy and it always works better when you do it with animation because animation just speaks to the heart of childhood and it's things are purple and it's the twilight because childhood is when you're in it it lasts forever but when you're towards but it blink and you miss it and so things are purple because it's dawn and something new is about to unfold and all of all of the first pajama sam game is bathed in this purple and it's this weird imagination mystery adventure it's true there is a lot of purple in that game so uh, pajama sam no need to hide when it's dark outside what happens in that game Devin? do you remember uh pajama sam's afraid of the dark and he needs to get a flashlight and you go through spooky woods yeah honestly that was one of the ones that i played less than a lot of the others but i did play some of it i no shit i did play i did replay this in adulthood didn't i so darkness as a sentient being exists in the world pajama sam goes to confront him and he has to meet a colorful cast of side characters along the way. You have to meet a colorful cast of side characters in all of these, in all of these franchises, right? That's like part of the thing. Oh, um, put, put. It's an I put I run me circus, and I'm Australian. This accent has gotten away from me, Aussie. Land down under, dingo wallaby beetles. It is gonna have me a mint slice. Talk about Hugh Jackman, I am Beauty Bonds a ripper. Or don't ask us why there's no black people, and we're really bad to the Aborigines. 20 seconds wow good job <laughs> i was i was kind of wondering i'm surprised so yeah there's there's like a donut in pajama sam 3 who like you can ride her through the blood oh you can ride her the body yeah you can i don't not after not after the steven universe i don't we need to we don't need to get that horny with a children's property that quickly like uh, again I, to, um, to be fair steven universe just is that horny it's a horny show it's true yeah so you 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 can use her as like a flotation tube to ride around the blood vessels in the body and when you go you can tell her shall we and she'll say let's shall and i say that all the time in my real life this is a real piece of vocabulary if you hang out with me and you say shall we as we're about to go somewhere i will say let's shall back to you it's a little cheat code for your real life if we're just talking about lines we remember in the <laughs> opening of the aerosol one with kitten galore in spy yeah, fox yeah, yeah the pollution one i think that's the first spy fox game yeah in the opening if you stay on the screen for a while spy fox will talk to the dude and the dude's like so uh, spies are bad guys right and he goes no sir i'm strictly a good guy spy and i just remember that no sir he's strictly a good good guy spy after all he works for america so i was wrong by the way it's the third spy fox so what are fun genres um that we can pastiche for kids movies horror, uh, there's horror sci-fi yeah. fantasy yeah ooh, yep that one's fun um i just watched page master <laughs> you sure did what the fuck did we do for our impossible episode we riffed on superheroes we riffed on superheroes and that's already been done we already we've already got pajama sand for that so my instinct and we and we did fantasy for the boomer comics one so my instinct is maybe we go horror is that weird is that weird to do that you can um, you can go kid horror like monster squad it exists yeah 
Nightmare Before Christmas, despite what the people who are too old to love it so much will tell you, it's for kids. Yeah, that maybe makes me less convinced, though, because I don't want to, like, it's a pastiche, right? I don't want to just be doing horror for, like, child horror. I want to be, like, taking a thing that you think of as an adult thing and then making a bunch of jokes about it as a kid thing. So, yeah, some kind of science fiction, then. Little robot designed to accumulate knowledge, and that is the hook for their games. Cute. Amber, this would be a great time for you to flex Asimov knowledge, because you've probably read more hard sci-fi than I have. I definitely have my share of Asimov knowledge to flex, and I have been hanging out with a lot more Asimov friends lately, so there's a like a not unreasonable chance that I end up doing a foundation episode at some non-specific point in the future, or honestly, more likely, um, a robot episode, just because it's a way lower barrier to entry on those ones. Um, and it's much more likely that I end up reading more of them. But, okay, I like the idea of a little robot who's out to pursue knowledge. Let me pitch you on this, because these games were coming out in, like, the late 90s and early aughts. That's, like, that's like the range that we're in here. I guess through sort of, like, the early, mid-90s through the... Oh, are we gonna do um, a fucking... Are we? Are you gonna pitch me, like, a like a, like a a metaverse dude? And he's like, I'm surfing the waves, bro! And he's got the backwards cap and the dumb sunglasses, and he's in a crop top and shorts, and he's surfing the internet. That's a way fucking more complete version of this idea than I was gonna pitch you with. I was actually gonna keep the little robot searching for searching for knowledge because that's a pretty good pitch and i want to keep your ideas in there but he can yes, still be a robot but he's also surfing the net bro absolutely i'm gonna be i'm i wanted to have a character who is surfing the net bro and like using the internet and me and probably like just to keep it feeling like a humongous entertainment game like a very like 90s conception of what the internet is and looks like and that's what the character is where like he gets to he gets to go from website to website and the websites more or less resemble real physical locations with like real physical characters in them right and that does give you some space to like each of the other franchises the setting gets varied right in pajama sam sometimes he goes to meet with the king of darkness sometimes he goes inside of his body sometimes he goes up to like the place where they make the weather uh, and runs around on the weather-making station. And so if you have a character whose thing is that they're surfing the web, I don't know, it, like, sort of actually makes it difficult to constrain them to a set of locations and then have that set of locations change every time. Does that make sense? I wonder if there's, like, a, if there's like a visual metaphor we can use to, like, to gate the different games out if we want to get, like, three or four games out of this character. I don't see how the internet would be restrictive because like it's the information superhighway you can go wherever you want my guy no right right that's the problem is that in an adventure game you have like a you have a limited number of screens that you can have your character go through you have a limited number of like locations you can have your character travel to yeah but on on this quest he just wants to learn about a safari and that's why he's on www the scramble for Africa was super cool and good.com. <laughs> oh, 
Um, so what is the what is the what is the visual metaphor looking like? We could do surfing. Yeah, he's surfing. That's like, like he's, he's surfing. Got, cool. He's, he's hanging ten, bro. So, is it like crossing an ocean? Is it like riding down a stream? Is it like he like, like you know, he, he's like time to catch ten? Whoa, up down, and then you're in the Arctic, and he's like, whoa, this isn't gnar- This is actually gnarly. I could catch hypothermia if I was a carbon-based life form, but I'm a program. <laughs> right. So maybe like the visual way that that gets represented is you have like so you're at www dot i really Henry wanted to Morton make a joke stanley wasn't racist at all stop or. it you're i actually feel better about the joke i was gonna make because you're being worse than that because i was just <laughs> gonna make a joke that was gonna be like that was like oh i'm at www.hotmilfs.com and i and i was like no that's too much i shouldn't make that joke um and then you're you're going for racism um <laughs> Which I, I think is is worse. Um, I I just there's there's this really well researched autobiography of Henry Morton Stanley, but the writer is so obsessed with convincing you that Henry Morton Stanley wasn't racist and he's a super cool dude. <laughs> so it'll just be like. Henry Morton Stanley might have fought on the side of the Confederacy, but he didn't understand what they were fighting for. He's from the UK. How could he possibly know? Lord, <laughs> I'm so glad that we got this interlude in the humongous entertainment episode. I mean, what else do you expect from this podcast, man? <laughs> I know, No, it's true. This is what we do, and it's horrible, um, and I love it. And also, every time it happens, I need to re-point out that it's happening so that everyone can properly appreciate how fucking stupid it is that it happens every time. Whoa, let's hang 10 on cyberspace, bro, because nerds read Snowfall and read Snow Crash, and they're like, my god, this is heaven. So, you're at the beach at www.racism.com, right? <laughs> Racism.org. Um, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's government funded. <laughs> so you're at the beach at racism.gov. And like, you know, it's an area that our character can walk around in. And then off of racism.gov, there's like a waterfall that's like shooting into the sky. And it's like unclear which direction the water is flowing in because it's shitty 2D graphics from the 90s. And when you want to enter or leave a website you like hang 10 and you surf like onto that waterfall up off screen onto whatever the next website is and that gives us a way to like connect the websites consecutively you know and then well like, it, it's it's my dad legally not professor tozigo from astro boy and he's about to give me a mission to understand how humans eat uh, hot dogs time to find out how the sausage gets made <laughs> whoa uh and then you like I don't know, how do you make a whole thing out of that? Like, like you find out that, like, that hot dog knowledge is, like, there's, like, one man who, like, knows how that hot dog is made on the website because it's the early 90s and, you know, uh, Yeah, it's back when the internet was just blogs run by weird people. Right, super exactly. Super niche blogs. You gotta, like, figure out how to get to that one guy. Yeah, and then you can totally build an adventure game out of that. For sure. Great. I love that for us. So there are a couple of things I would want to talk about about this character. 
One is sidekicks. I know that we like keep coming up with like multiple characters um, in all of these, but I do want to give him a sidekick because everybody's got a sidekick. Pup Putt got Pep. Freddy Fish has Luther. Spy Fox has Monkey Penny on his little spy phone, and Pajama Sam doesn't. Pajama Sam is an exception, I guess. Whoa! My, my surfboard is actually alive, and she's a banging babe! Oh my god. I was gonna go with, like, my dad, legally not the dad from Astro Boy, but I actually love the idea that his surfboard is alive. I mean, yeah, you could still have his dad. He's just, His dad is the hook, because it's like, I need to know how to... 3d print barrel stocks obama's about to make them not legal to have. bump stocks i meant bump stocks <laughs> well do you know it's uh, way easier to find out how to make nail bombs on the internet than it should be that's nuts the cia hasn't instituted the ability to check people's lists yet sorry that's not the cia cia is like coups in foreign countries it's the NSA, I think. The NSA yeah. hasn't started putting people on lists for Googling information about arsenic yet. Or whatever it is they put people on lists for. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And also, his surfboard is alive. Whoa! whoa. She's a the bitch. FBI hasn't raided David Koresh's compound and accidentally murdered children in fire. The internet's really loose and fast. You're having way too good of a time with this bit. <laughs> This episode is so easy for me because usually I have to be like, oh, well, like, let me think, like, try to have a burba derp. But on this one, you're just like, well, how do we do the thing? And then I just go, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I just do it. I made the side character just be like, whoa, my surfboard's a banging babe. And you were like, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> like, I can't believe we started out this episode by you saying this is behind the bastards. And now this is like the thing that we're doing for the for the, ne the next 20 fucking minutes of the episode. This is all it is, folks. We told you what was happening and you didn't believe us. Yeah, okay. So, um, another thing, another another constant feature of these games is little collectibles. There is an ongoing feature in these games where there's a little mini game where in every screen... Is this, the, is this just the Pajama Sam games I'm thinking of? Whatever, I'm going to describe the mini game anyway. In every screen, or not every screen, many screens, there's like a little box top or uh, like other like little collectible that you're trying to find in the course of your travels. Um, and there's no like real reward for finding all of them other than you want to find all of them because they gave you a thing to collect and isn't that fun? The reward yes, is exploration is. because it's an adventure. It's a point and click adventure game and damn right. near every page will have some animation if you can find it. Oh, every page of these is fucking loaded with animation. You can click any fucking object on the screen in any one of these games, and they will have, like, four and it's so little dense. things that can Every do. frame is... <laughs> Honestly, it's amazing. The amount of animation that goes into these, the amount of, like, work doing just, like, cute little gags. You'll click, like, a fence post with, like, a little, like, bulb on the top of it, because that's the shape of the fence post. And then, like, the bulb will fall off, and there will be, like, a... Like a like bubble gum that blows out to replace it like bubble gum shaped and you'll click it again and the bubble gum will pop and then like a like a fucking eyeball will pop out and like look around and blink right it's like just every single object you interact with i think the yeah that could be right with potential for that lots of detail lots of fun hidden th lots of replayability man i love the humongous entertainment games 
I wish there were more of them. Make, Truly. Give, give me more. I mean, the, the, the company exists again. They're, like, back. You can find them on Steam. In theory, they went defunct in 2006, but you can fucking go to their website. Whoa, it's we can like, go to their website? <laughs> you can Whoa. go to their website. We've been busy. 35 games on PC, Humble Bundle, 18 games on mobile, etc., etc. All of these things now available. Humongous 2020. Since 1992, Humongous Entertainment has been a mainstay, blah, 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 blah. They exist inexplicably in the modern era because people have nostalgia about them and therefore make episodes like this about them. Do we have a, a name for our character? I was thinking Chip this whole time. I've been thinking Chip. You've been thinking Chip? Then I think that's as good a reason as any. Chip really writes himself. These characters do not have to be especially complicated. Okay, great. And then... Let's talk about Chip's outfit. Again, it sort of feels like it dresses itself, but... Yeah, are we making, like, any variation from the thing I said up top? Shit, remind me all of the things that you said up top. I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> He's got the backwards cap, the the dumb shades, the crop top that's, like, ripped. Uh, that's It's a crop top because it's ripped. It's sleeveless. He's got really high shorts, and, you know, he's, hang he's, he's hanging ten, bro. <laughs> Check out my fingerless glove. Whoa! Right. So... And I was thinking he's a robot, but like in the way Cable has a robot arm, so you just color it silver and then draw lines. Yeah, uh, but like his whole body, right? And yeah, you like it's like person, but like there's little weld moments and like screws. He's got like diagonal line, and then there's a circle at the end of it, and he's got both of those on the ends of his head because like whoa, whoa, robots. Right, and probably his wardrobe is like like multicolored he's got like a fucking like green and purple floral pattern on his on his crop top because he's the joker baby and also it just makes sense as a color scheme for me for this character yeah cool damn that was a quick one i actually feel like pretty like like we pretty much have it already and it the episode's ending earlier than usual and i'm sort of fine with that because they've run long most of the time yeah uh we just gotta do the thing a piece yeah uh, his surfer, whose name we haven't come up with, but I would like it if she's a... What's the word for smart bimbo? Smimbo? Like, the legally blonde archetype. She's got the, the big pouty lips and eyelashes, because she's a girl! <laughs> they need those! Wow! But, like, she'll say something, and it's like, huh, that's a really well-educated and well-articulated point. And then your surfer dude, bro, she's like, whoa! <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just a fucking idiot about it. And <laughs> yeah. She keeps like saying like historically interesting or scientifically interesting facts and that's the joke. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But she says it with the with the sexy with the sexy AI voice. Why is she all so nerd... horny for you? Why is she so why they're not they aren't horny they're not like weirdly horny games. They're because, they're not. Like everyone because has it's, a because because it's science anybody. fiction! Because it's science fiction, Amber, so if we have a female AI, she needs a sexy voice because we're all nerds, <laughs> and nerds have never busted nuts. Here's the deal. If you give her a sexy voice, she has to, like, just be, like, a face on a surfboard. Yeah, you that's can, all like, she is. Cool, That's great. all I've been picturing. Perfect. <laughs> that's fine. She has anti-tits to make up for the Jack and Daxter episode. No curves whatsoever. <laughs> just a surfboard. Yeah, it's just a surfboard. I love that. 
That's great. Oh, Chip, though Tolkien was a devout man who often engaged with Christian dialects and the nature of God with C.S. Lewis, he was also a devout, <laughs> a devout anarchist who wrote that the only way that the working class will succeed is if we can look at a factory on fire and go, my God, this is totally neat and necessary. <laughs> Whoa, I like the part where the orcs show up. Wow. <laughs> I would die for Chip. Oh, what a fucking idiot. Um... I would like if Chip had like a keyboard that he could carry around that he carried around with him that just like fits in hammer space and we don't like see it necessarily plugged into anything but when you need a hint or something Chip can take out the keyboard and type on it and by typing on it a little like like window will open up to bring out a little screen uh, with the surfboard so you can talk to the surfboard even when you're away by like typing some kind of mysterious command onto this disembodied keyboard to bring up a window with her face on it and that gives you a little hint system like how <laughs> like how spy fox has the like watch i'm really stumped miss b <laughs> oh no <laughs> you're gonna fucking be doing this every fucking episode forever huh uh no but occasionally like i think like at least for five episodes until it gets annoying whenever there's like blank space in the middle i will just be like whoa twitter's terrible take me back to the 90s whoa <laughs> uh and i guess that's that's chip the surfer yeah, Chip the Surfer, we did it. We made our humongous entertainment OC. He rides those interstellar rides those... hide waves to knowledge, brah. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Oh, no! Whoa! Was... Oh, whoa! Uh, Miss whoa. B! <laughs> Miss B, if you don't... <laughs> Hold on, wait, wait. Miss B, you need, you need to calm down or ride in the subspace highways. I could fall into the dark web. Oh, no! <laughs> There's so much child pornography here. Whoa! It's <laughs> a horrible note to end the episode on, but here we are. Oh no, I'm on Arrowhead. <laughs> Some of it's fun, but then you find out people are really addicted to experimental chemicals, and you're slowly reading their life fall apart. Oh no! And here we are. Um, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of uh, fucking whatever this fucking stupid-ass show is. Uh, original, original Podcast Bastard, Do Don't Steal. Steal. Join us on next week's episode of Original Podcast Do Not Steal when Devin tries to talk, tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead we talk about... What are we talking about next week? I'm not... I don't know whose pick it is, actually. Isn't it? Are we bringing on Taylor for next week? Possibly, maybe. We'll find out when we... No, because I think, I think they're going to Disney. Shit. Um, uh, join oh, us no! next week. <laughs> join us next week. We're going to be talking about the Page Master. Well, and we enter the grounds of imagination, and much like the Page Master enters a quest that will make his life better, if I can somehow make money off of this podcast, my life will improve greatly. So, Amber, I will do everything within my power to monetize our friendship. We're so fucking professional. Bye! Bye! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs>